0: live at home. I'm Emily Zink, joined by Matt McClelland. He is the innovation strategist at Covenant Transport. Matt, thanks for joining me this afternoon.
1: Hey, thanks, Emily. Good to be here virtually, right? Yeah.
0: So when we chatted in Chicago, we were talking about a major buzzword, which is innovation. Um, It's in your title. It's a big word. Today, we're talking about another term, and that's corporate social responsibility. What exactly is that, Matt?
1: Great question. You know, there's a lot of ways to define it, but in short, it is corporate altruism. It's about companies doing the right thing in times of crisis. Um, And crisis, obviously, right now we're in this epidemic, but it could be a financial crisis. It could be a freight crisis. It could be some sort of weather fatality. And it's really not just what, there's several pillars of it. There's sustainability and there's corporate ethics and there's pieces of it related to um, diversity and volunteerism. So it's really this sort of all-encompassing word that is reflective of things that that companies do kind of above and beyond the products and the services they sell.
0: So for this talk, we'll call it CSR because it's a long three words there. So CSR. Yeah. Why is it so important for companies to have this?
1: You know, right now, so companies that think about it in advance, when a crisis like this happens, it gives them a roadmap, a template to follow. It gives them, um, you know, their executives have already sort of, in a way, discussed how it is that they're going to handle everything from customer service to how they're going to treat their employees to maybe even, depending on how long it lasts, what uh, a layoff plan or what downsizing or what... um, you know, even reallocating those employees for other for other products. You know, for example, Emily, I was reading just the other day where, you know, there's an entire factory that shut down somewhere up in Minnesota. Instead of those workers going to work, the company has said, we're going to keep you on staff for 30 days, but we're going to encourage you to go volunteer at a local hospital or basically things that they could do to kind of offset the the pandemic. So I just think it's a great plan and for companies to think about it in advance. It, it gives them a leg up. And you know, vendor, customers, consumers are willing to spend more on brands that that have thought about these things in advance. And so, I mean, depending on how much time we've got, I can give you all kinds of companies I can't wait to do business with as soon as we get back, just because of how great they've been during this crisis. Chipotle, burritos being one of them, my favorite fast food burrito.
0: I love Chipotle. Yeah, they have they have been phenomenal during this. You mentioned having a plan. Um P forty four was one of those companies, Project 44, who had a plan when this hit. Talk about that.
1: Yeah, so great question because ironically, I don't know if that, that sounds like you and I talked about that in advance, but but we didn't. Project 44 is a great example because Jet McCanalys, their CEO and founder, and I were out of the country. We were in Canada. When this happened, and at night when we were scheming on how to get back into the country if we were going to get stuck because the administration had just shut down borders to uh, to Europe into the U.S., you know, Jet and I were just talking one night, and I said, how are you guys going to deal with this? And he said, well, you know, Matt, I actually, we've thought about this. We've talked about these things. When I founded the company, my investors and I sat down, and we sort of laid out a framework of how we would handle situations like this. And although it wasn't specific to a pandemic, and it wasn't super specific as to exactly what steps they were going to take. It gave them a roadmap to follow, and one of the first things they did was they are offering free visibility services to any company, and they're really loosely defining what that means, but anybody involved in the pandemic relief effort, they're going to make their goods and services available for free.
0: So I hate to ask this question. They obviously had a plan in place not exactly for COVID-19 because, I mean, no one could see this coming, but are there some companies Who don't have plans in place, so something like this just caught them completely off guard.
1: Oh, oh, absolutely. You know, those are the companies I don't really want to like pick out and name because it's going to make it sound like I'm trying to throw them under the bus. But I can tell you, just from some conversations I've had, because I've given a similar presentation in the last couple of weeks, for the companies that haven't really thought about it, um, and again, you know, CSR is not just how do you respond during a pandemic. It's It's part of it, right, because it's part of corporate philanthropy and corporate ethics and corporate stewardship. Um, But for companies that really haven't given it a lot of thought, they're struggling. Their HR departments are trying to figure out, you know, what's the right way for us to handle, you know, conversations about layoffs? What's the right way to handle contracts that we might be locked into, you know, where you have – Maybe carrier agreements and things that are based on um, commitments that have been made that obviously can't be met now because, say, for example, manufacturing shut down. So it's it's there's a finance component to it, there's a human component to it, um, and I just think it's a lot easier for those companies that have thought about it in advance. Otherwise, you're you're sort of breaking new territory, and you know, all executives you know are used to making quick decisions on the fly. So it's not like if you don't have a CSR plan, you're not able to make good decisions, but it it certainly does help.
0: Yeah, no, that's an extremely good point. And right here, you and I are both in Chattanooga. You're at Covenant. I'm right here at Freight Waves, but obviously it's Actually, virtual. My, Where are you at? Well, you're at your house, yes. But yeah, you work for Covenant here uh-huh.
1: My wife's behind me doing telemedicine um, in her office, and so she's talking to women about being pregnant, and I'm talking to you about CSR.
0: (laughs) That is incredible. I love it. You guys are both working from home, making it work. Um, Right here in Chattanooga, though, Southern Champion Trey, they completely changed what they were doing to help out great example of CSR.
1: Yeah, so that's great. In fact, John Zeiser, the president, one of the owners of the company, he and I were talking about this, and one of his younger guys just decided, you know what? We, some of our businesses down. I'm going to try to figure out how to make a. Um, I'm going to try to figure out how to make a um, CDC approved disposable face mask. Now, Southern Champion Trade, for those of you who don't know, is a large Chattanooga-based company that makes. Um, paper products, largely for the food and beverage industry, but um, they have some incredibly creative people on staff they 've done things with boxes and things that i 've just never even seen before. but they decided to figure out to make a way this this really lightweight disposable mask that medical professionals can use. Um, they got the price down really low. They got it approved by the CDC. They went into production. They made a test run. Erlinger Hospital tried them out. They said, these things are great. My wife wore one when she was delivering a baby a couple days ago. And um, they made a hun- they donated 100,000 of them here to hospitals in Chattanooga. And they just, I saw this on LinkedIn a couple days ago, they just uh, made their first shipment out west. Now, they're actually selling them now, but they have donated a significant amount of them Um um at no cost. They're a great company, great corporate culture, and you know, it was part of a CSR initiative that they had put in place years ago.
0: I absolutely love that. And they're they're helping so much right now. They've completely changed their game plan of what they do day-to-day for business, but it's making a world of a difference. I love how your wife used one of the masks they made. That's awesome. If you don't have a CSR plan in place or you you feel like you don't have the best one in place, where does a company even start?
1: You know, the the great thing is there's no, you, you know, it's not rocket science. You know, when you have to figure out what's important to you as a company. Now, for us in trucking, you know, we burn millions of gallons of diesel fuel every year. So one of the big important parts of a CSR plan is the sustainability piece. And in fact, it's funny, Emily, that you, um, uh, one of the things that really got me and Covenant thinking about it is in the last six months, we've had so many customers ask us to um, to to explain on an RFP, what are your sustainability initiatives? What is your CSR plan? And as you start really digging into that, you realize that they're asking about sustainability. They're asking about smart way designations and solar panels on the roof. But they're really interested in the bigger picture. And so um, what is interesting and kind of to get back to your question, um, when we really started looking at CSR, because we had diversity plans, we had sustainability plans We had corporate philanthropy plans, but we didn't really have it officially under an umbrella for CSR. We really did an inventory. I was on a team that we kind of looked across the company. We looked at all the different divisions and what they were doing. And we were really surprised at how close we were to putting a plan together without really having to do anything above and beyond what we were doing today. And so as I start to talk to other companies, as I did some research, I found that um, some of them had spent, you know, in some cases, tens of millions of dollars putting plans together and actually taking initiatives and putting initiatives into their business plan. But really, um, um, you know, we're going to be able to officially publish ours without really spending anything because we're already doing a lot of stuff. Most of the people that I know in Chattanooga that we've talked about this over the last couple of months, they're already have almost all of the pieces of a good CSR plan in place.
0: That, that's wonderful to hear. You mentioned sustainability. It's something we hear all the time. When did you really start hearing that word? When were people asking, what is Covenant Sustainability Plan? When did you how many years ago did you start hearing about
1: that? You know, we we've all been hearing about green initiatives, and of course, you know, you can't open up the newspaper without reading something about global warming and, and you know, all that sort of comes with that. And as a fleet, you know, we're always been we've been trying to improve our miles per, miles per gallon since the third day we were in business, right? And so that's part of sustainability, you know, more efficient fleet, more better miles per gallon, you know, um, truck technology that has advanced where diesel engines aren't polluting quite like they used to. Um, even some of the conversations right now related to hydrogen trucks and Nikola and some of the great work that Daimler and, and Kenworth and Freightliner and some of these other brands are doing, um, trying to introduce alternative fuels to reduce um, carbon emissions. You know, it, it's, a, it's a word that's been around for a while, but... I think that it's gotten such attention in the last probably three to five years, I'm guessing, just because, um, you know, we're becoming a much more conscious culture and we're really shopping with our dollars. And while people may not shop freight dollars – You know, they're really more price sensitive than they are who's the greenest fleet. But right now, we're getting asked questions on every RFP to self-report what we're doing. Um, And I'll add one more thing to that um, because I can get long-winded. I get really excited about sustainability when I start talking about it. Is that it's one thing to say that you're green and it's one thing to say that you've got initiatives. But then you got to put your money where your mouth is. Like, okay, Matt, what exactly are you doing? What are the metrics? How are you measuring the initiatives you have in place. And so that's really one thing that we're working on right now, trying to calculate the amount of CO2 output that we're reducing based on some of the things that we're doing right now. I'll just give you one quick, quick example. Um, electric APUs. So trucks don't have to idle at night when they're at a truck stop with the air conditioner and the heater running and the inverter and all the things they need to have their con- our professional drivers to have their conveniences um, um, uh, when they're not on the road. All of a sudden, we can put a piece of technology in the truck that allows them, <laughs> excuse me, to get their idle time down to 5% or lower. And so there's tons of things out there that we're can, can that we looking at right now.
0: I think it's easy for companies. That, that, that yeah. Go ahead. Call. No, you love that, sustainability. Keep talking.
1: That was, uh, my window's open and a uh, pollen cough. Oh, no worries.
0: I'm completely healthy. <laughs> that's, that's totally fine. I know you have to say that nowadays.
1: So talking
0: about sustainability, it's easy for companies to say, you know, we're green, we're going green. Do you think a reason companies really don't go all in, you, you just mentioned some great things Covenant does, is because the cost? I mean, especially talking trucking, you have to change the vehicles you're using, the types of trucks you're using, the type of fuel even. Do you think it's the cost behind it that maybe some companies aren't really changing what they're doing?
1: Yeah, I mean, so great question, because like, who wouldn't want to be green, right? I mean, who wouldn't Want to have bluer skies and less smog and and that sort of thing, but i 'll tell you Emily a lot of these initiatives they 're just expensive. hydrogen trucks, and even thinking about how that might work um, as a long haul carrier or or even if you 're doing last mile stuff it's expensive electric trucks are expensive you know skirts on the side of a trailer are expensive, and at the end of the day. You know, for those of us that are carriers, it's all about cost per mile. You know, I mean, that secret sauce, we're all trying to get that number down as low as possible. And so these things are not cheap, and the question is are customers going to pay for it? And if they are, that's great. And if they're not, You know, are we going to cut into profits in order to make some of these investments? You know, it's a balance. You know, part of um, the very, you know, part of sustainability is that balance of people, profit, and planet. It's what's called the triple bottom line. And, you know, we're constantly trying to figure out what that balance is. You know, you spend too much on the planet part, then your profits drop. If you emphasize too much on the profit, then you're going to spend less money on sustainability. So it's a balance. Sometimes we'll meet a customer that's willing to pay a little bit more. Um, in order to see some initiatives because their customers are really interested in the entire supply chain. So, for example, I was talking to – let's put it like this – a guy who was really important at a major national retailer. And he was really interested in these because they had a chief sustainability officer that said – we need to be able to demonstrate that we're not only making green initiatives as a brand, um, as a company in our stores, but also in our corporate office, but also in the supply chain, in the carriers that we use, in the warehouses and the 3PLs that we do business with. So they want to make sure that they're not only doing it, but the people that they purchase from are doing it as well. It's expensive. But worth it. And um, uh, one other thing, too, younger uh, buyers are more willing to um, spend money on it. When I say buyers, I mean transportation buyers. Um, There's a guy that's in charge of a lot of the transportation spend at um, major national beverage that I talked to at a conference. And he has a little bit of discretion to pick a carrier that's greener than another carrier um, just because they feel like as a company, that's the right thing to do.
0: So obviously, as you said, it costs more, but people are also paying extra to get these services and something that they're passionate about. Our time's wrapping up here, Matt, but anything else you want to talk about in terms of CSR?
1: No, I mean, I just think that right now, they're, like you pointed out with Southern Champion Trey and there's companies here in Chattanooga and and, and, and you know, we mentioned Project 44 that are doing some really great things. You know, if you don't have a plan at some point in the not too distant future, A customer's going to ask you to comment on it, and it's either going to catch you off guard or you're going to have to put somebody like me in front of you, and you're going to have to shut me up after five minutes. You're like, okay, we really didn't want to know all of that, but that's great that you have one. So somewhere in between is where you need to be.
0: (laughs) Perfect advice there. As always, great talking to you, Matt. Thanks for being a part of our virtual conference today.
1: Thanks, Emily. We'll talk soon.